0: Hi there, this is Jack Baldwin with Raynard Architectural Designs. You're listening to our first episode of By Design. It's a new podcast that uh, we've put together to discuss professional creativity, passion, and growth. I've got my co-host, James Knight, and uh, our guest is Mark R. LePage and he is from Charlotte, North Carolina. He's the founder of Entree Architect. He's a AIA and NCARB uh, residential architect and developer. Um, And he has a, a now global online platform that he launched in 2012 to provide resources, training and community for small firm entrepreneur architects. So us being a small firm entrepreneur architect, we thought it'd be fun to talk to him. So we've asked him to join us uh, Mark also started uh, Gable Media in 2020, so that's a kind of a new venture that we're going to get to hear about. He's the president and CEO of Gable Media. Uh, they've done uh, several podcasts, um, and they empower global leaders in architecture, engineering, and construction industries, and they create and distribute uh, podcast series, including Entree Architect, which James and I both listen to quite a bit, Arcuspeak, uh, Spaces Podcast, Build Your Brand Podcast, Practice Disrupted, TRXL build smart, she builds podcasts and more. That's a lot of titles. So uh, Mark's been staying very busy. Uh, Their mission is uh, to create content that informs and entertains their audience uh, that are dedicated to building a better world. And that's what we're doing when we uh, design residential homes. That's what we
1: hope to accomplish. So Mark, how are you today? I'm doing great, Jack. Thank you for inviting me on your show. It's an honor.
0: Yeah, well, it's an honor for us too. James and I both listen to your podcast quite a bit. In fact, I got my Spotify uh, year in review and it showed me all my stats and your podcast was my number one listened to podcast. All right,
1: so, all right. Yeah. nice, love to hear that.
0: Well, what I like about uh, Entree Architect is uh, we get to hear so many different stories and uh, us starting a new architecture firm, it really does help uh, us to hear what other people are doing, what they've learned, where they've been. It's inspiring uh, to see that we're not the only ones who have struggled and, and come through. But tell us a little bit about, first of all, just your background, your story of how you got from where you were, uh, maybe starting out early in your career to where you are today in the end of 2021.
1: Sure. I, uh, I, how far back do you want me to go? Uh, maybe your architecture
0: career. Let's, all right. let's maybe not the womb, but yeah. uh...
1: <laughs> that's no problem. I, and On my show, I ask everybody their origin story, and I ask them to go back as far as they can. Um, I, I, as a as a kid, I'll go back to when I was a kid. I, I knew right away when I was about ten that I wanted to be an architect. Um, I was very creative, very very um, always building things, big Lego kid, and uh, and I wanted to be an artist. I loved to draw. I, I used to draw everything. Sort of looked at my dreams of what I wanted my life to be, and I would draw them in order into existence, right. And so. Uh, I, I thought, well, I'm going to be an artist, and then my mom pointed out that artists don't make any money. That was pre-internet. <laughs> artists make lots of money today on the internet, right? Um, but pre-internet, there, there, there was, you know, artists didn't make a lot of money. You'd have to be pretty famous to make make money as an art as an artist. Um, so she introduced me to architecture and said, architecture is a profession. Um, maybe you can make some money being an architect. You could take that creative skill and the building and and combine it. And so she introduced me to what architecture is. Um, and I locked in, age 10, I'm an architect and never looked back I, I, uh, to the point where in middle school, you, you, know, you do those, um, those uh, profession evaluation quizzes. In, in and you would school. rig it so
0: that you would get architect?
1: And I, would, I rigged it to make sure that I would get architect. And so nice. I, I, I never looked at anything else. So I, I went through architecture school, went to Roger Williams University mm-hmm. in Bristol, Rhode Island. Um, came out of architecture school, got a job with a small residential firm in Ridgewood, New Jersey, um, worked there for a couple of years, met my wife there. Okay. That's was, that was a bonus. Yeah. And um, Anne Marie McCarthy, who's also my partner at, at my architecture firm. And uh, worked there for a few years. And then I went to URS Consultants, which is the other end of the spectrum. Uh, URS Corp, I think it's called today. It's one of the largest AE companies actually EA companies in the world. Uh, Grenier, I think, purchased them a few years ago. And so big, big company. And so I went from a very small company to a big company, all intentional with the idea that someday I was going to launch my own firm. I wanted to sort of get a a whole idea of all these different pieces of architecture to see what I'd like best. Worked there for a couple years, um, then went to uh, KGD Architects in Mount Kisco, New York, which is sort of a larger small firm, doing a lot of school work, public school work, K-12 work, um, and worked there for four or five years, became a project manager, uh, then decided, okay, it was time for me to leave, and in 1999, um, my wife and I launched 5CAT Studio, our architecture studio, and um, started it from the beginning as a residential architecture firm, and uh, worked from 1999 until 2020, uh, in New York, we lived in New York. I was born and raised in, in New Jersey, lived as an adult in New York over the over the river in Westchester County, practiced there for 20 plus years. And then in two, 2019, it wasn't 2020, 2019, uh, we moved to North Carolina, and I've been here in North Carolina ever since. And in between all of that, I launched Entree Architect and Gable Media, And so that's really taken over my whole existence right now as Entree Architect and Gable Media. So I don't practice a whole lot anymore, but I have future plans for uh, practicing, doing some residential development.
0: Yeah, I guess if if you have had a passion for architecture since age 10, it might be hard to leave the drawing pencil down forever.
1: Yeah, no, I'm definitely going back. I I just have different plans here than we did in, in New York.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's um, interesting. Cause my, my story is kind of similar as well. I remember it was about age 10. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't, it wasn't my parents. It was a, it was a teacher at school who honed into my art, uh, you know, art sort of class and was just like, she think about architecture. It's funny. It's, it starts off so early for a lot of architects, I think like that.
1: Yeah. It's, it's actually very interesting. I asked that question of every guest I've had on my show over 400 episodes now. And, uh, and so many architects knew they wanted to be architects very early in their careers. I mean, in their lives.
0: Yeah, it's it's yeah. funny. I, I, uh, my grandfather and father both graduated from Georgia Tech in architecture. And so I, my dad was still young when I was born. And I lived on campus at Georgia Tech. And I was around architecture from a very early age and had the same aspirations as both of you. I think what it's kind of funny how life twists and turns. Um, I ended up doing more liberal arts and theater in college, but uh, I think it helped me become a good salesman. And um, But the, the passion for for architecture never left. And so when James and I connected, we were both working with my father and we both had the idea for Raynard together and it kind of reignited that, that passion to wanna to pursue uh, a business around architecture.
2: Yeah, it's funny because Jack and I were talking. I was like, hey, "We need to teach you how to draw a little bit better, so you can." He's been doing sketches. So at some point, we'll flick you a project, and we'll see how you. go. It could be horrible, but you know, That'd be a second <laughs> second coming in life. You know, well,
1: it's yeah. it's always important to have somebody who loves business because that's that really oh. is the the key to a successful architecture firm. Somebody somebody focused on the business side.
2: Yeah, like as a startup as we kind of are, it's been it's been wonderful for having Jack on board to run all the business and marketing sort of side of it and then having Kaylin that just has this insight into how a business should run and money wise and stuff like that. It's just been great having the three I was gonna ask you, Mark, what what would you say has been your most memorable or favorite architectural project um from your time designing?
1: Um, I'm not sure if I have a favorite. We did, we did, uh, residential additions and alterations in New York. We, when I, when we first launched, we, we were 29 years old. We had no money, no clients. We just jumped off the cliff and said, okay, we're going to start this thing. Sounds familiar. And, 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 (laughs) and right away we were in Westchester County, right outside of Greenwich, Connecticut. And so very wealthy area, you know, lots of big, big, you know, uh, expensive houses. And so we're like, Oh, well, we're going to do expensive houses. That's what we're going to do. And so that's what we started the firm thinking we were going to do that. And very quickly learned that we were competing with firms that have been around for 40 years and had big, thick portfolios of those big houses. And nobody wanted to hire two 29 year old inexperienced architects who were more than qualified to do those projects. But nobody really hired us to do that. And so we didn't really know what we were going to do. And so uh, we we uh, looked around and saw that there was this this empty niche in the market that was sort of between the the really small projects that a lot of sole practitioners were taking uh, and those large projects there was this sort of missing market that we filled and it was we call them high-end small projects and so we basically became additions and alterations architects for those big houses Those, those firms that had those big projects didn't want those small residential re- renovation projects. And so we, we cornered that market, basically built our brand around doing that type of work, mm-hmm. built a firm around that, became really well known for that type of work. And then once we had that portfolio of work and more experience, then we started doing uh, you know, more larger projects and, and some houses as well. And so we ultimately got to where we wanted to go but to answer your question, my favorite projects were the ones where the where the clients trusted us to do our best work. Um, it wasn't necessarily because of the architecture, but it was because of the re- the relationship we had with those clients um, allowed us to do our best work. Right? That that um, they may not have been a, my very favorite project that we ever designed, but they came out really well. Um, we solved problems for their family. We we could do our, the best work we could do. And so um, the, the projects to I could say maybe even a handful of projects where a client said, here's the budget, was honest with the budget, which is rare in residential architecture, um, and said, we trust you, do what you need to do to solve our problems. Um, and those projects always came out fantastic.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think a client relationship is probably the biggest thing that we're finding at least on our end. And I was talking to one of my old um, university friends last night, it, sometimes it even comes down to, you know, it's, it's always a juggling act. You're taking on too much work or not enough work. And then you'll get like a really good client who'll come in and you'll be like, oh, I really don't have time for this, but like, I just know that it's gonna be a really fun project. It's yeah. such a great client and you just, you just gotta make it work. And it's, it's, you know, it's stressful, but it's really rewarding at the same yeah.
1: time. We, we learned that those best projects now later on as, as now I'm teaching uh, architecture business so marketing and sales and, and financial management we've we those are our, are our ideal clients those are the clients that we want all our clients to be right those those trusting clients that have have appropriate budgets who trust us to do what we, we do best um, who are nice people uh, and the projects come out well right so we can we can promote and do more of that work and so um, those are the projects that architecture firms really need to uh, be very clear on who those people are so you can build brands around uh, attracting and resonating with those types of clients. So you can fill a whole pipeline of work that's just ideal clients. Yeah, it,
2: we, we, we debate this a lot. We go over Jack and I do, and you know, I think we're honing into more of a the market that we wanna attract, especially
0: sure. Yeah, it's been definitely a, a trial and error to get there. Um, and figuring out what's what's the best fit so So, mark go ahead uh mark yeah i was gonna say could you take us back to um i was just curious about Entree architect a little bit too um back in 2012 uh what was it that inspired you to even want to launch something kind of outside the box you know because i I guess my first interactions with Entree architect go back a few years ago also with my uh dad's firm and uh, i was thinking wow this really speaks our language what um you know what you're presenting uh as far as the the types of people and clients that you want to work with for that but it's a departure from it's kind of like taking what all the stuff that you've learned and and sharing the secret sauce so, yep. what what inspired you to want to do Entree Architect, and you can even give us, you know, the the value um, of of what Entree Architect adds to small firm architects like us.
1: Sure, sure. It actually started way before two thousand twelve. In two thousand six, I launched a blog for my architecture firm, um, really early in the blogging world, uh, and uh, that blog became really successful for us. We would I would write a weekly blog. Uh, it actually started, um, well, no, the blog, the blog for the architecture firm was a marketing tool and it was intended to attract our clients uh, on the internet. And, and it worked really well because people would read that and then I'd show up at their house and they felt like they knew me. And so I, I recognized the power of that, of, that of, of using the blog. And in 2007, I started a second blog, really more for just myself. Uh, called Entrepreneur Architect. And it was, and I did it, it was out there as a blog, but it was really intended to be sort of a, uh, a an archive of all of the different business m- resources and media that I could find and I would post it there, write a little reminder about what it is, and it would become a place where I could go back and find it, right? I can search for it and I can go find what I was looking for. It also gave me some, some outlet for writing. And um, that blog very quickly found an audience uh, in 2007, there was nothing about business in architecture on the internet. Um, the, the profession was actually, even the AIA was not talking about business in 2007. Um, and in fact, we were, we were uh, coming out of the generation that felt that, first of all, they weren't allowed to talk about money or fees uh, if, through the AIA, through the antitrust um, uh, litigation that AIA had with, with the Justice Department. And so an entire generation of architects was afraid to talk about business and and specifically about money. And so um, it was very much needed. Architects were looking for solutions to to be more successful. And so they found my blog and in the comments, a community formed. And every time I wrote an an article, every time I posted something, um, a, a community of architects would comment on it and we would start having conversations, much like we do today in the Entrez Architect Facebook group Um, but it was just a small handful of architects who many of them are still in that Facebook group and still have those conversations. Um, That blog in 2007 continued to grow. The community continued to grow. I recognized that there was more to it than just the blog for myself. And throughout the years, the community would say, you need to make this into something bigger. This needs to be something more than just this blog. And so... In 2012, on actually on just a few months before December 12th, 2012, I recognized that 12 12 12 was coming up, and I and I posted a blog. You can still find that blog on the on the on the on the entree Architect blog uh, called my 12 12 12 project. And I didn't tell anybody what it was going to be, but I announced that on 12 on December 12th, 2012, that I was going to launch something that would change my life and was intended to make a uh, make a, a positive benefit to the world. And I didn't say what it was and I encouraged my community to do the same thing. Have your own 121212 12, 12 project. Um, which 1212
0: 12 is coming up? Uh, yeah, it is. I was just thinking your 10 year is going to be next yep, year. exactly
1: That's right. Cool. Yeah. And and so um, on December 12, 2012, I launched entrearchitect.com, changed it from entrepreneur architect to entree architect so I could brand it. So it was entreearchitect.com from day one designed as a platform to help other architects become more successful financially, in business, in leadership, in life, whatever it is, to be more successful and to encourage transparency in the Mm -hmm. profession. Yeah. That was something also that was happening. When I was a young architect, architects were super secretive. Um, Everybody thought they had the secret sauce and they were going to keep it for themselves and nobody shared anything. And so my mission was to get the profession to open up and share with one another and help one another succeed. Because I really believe that when individual architects become more successful, the entire profession becomes more successful. And then we all benefit from that. And so from the very beginning, it was a community that was very positive, very encouraging, very supportive, transparent, uh, with a mission to teach architects to run better businesses. And so uh, started selling my products, you know, the, the, the um, the owner architect agreement that I built for my own architecture firm, all of my business forms. Those were the first things I put out there. I just said, here you go. And I put a price tag on them because I wanted to earn some money so I could turn it into a, into a business and grow it. And that became very successful. And then I launched the masterminds which was the next thing I built. Um, and just launched one mastermind, sold out in one day, filled the whole mastermind and realized, okay, this is going to work. So mastermind,
0: just to uh, chart it, sorry to interrupt, but the master mastermind is where you have a kind of a peer group of of entrepreneurs. Um, How many of those do you have now? There are
1: 17 mastermind groups. Awesome.
0: That's really cool. And that's a place where, um, just as I understand it, it's, it's different architects, different businesses that are collaborating and sharing ideas. Maybe are they all in geographically diverse uh, locations or would would they potentially be in the same market or
1: they they generally are very diverse we don't focus on keeping them that way yeah. geographically diverse um some groups have actually do have competitors very rarely does that happen but sometimes it happens yeah. and i know that there are some competitive um but the the spirit of entree architect is to share with everybody i, right. I actually even before i did masterminds online i had my own group of architects in new york that I would meet for lunch and we would share our knowledge. We would share with one another what we were doing for marketing and we were direct competitors, right? We were going after the same projects and we both succeeded for that, right? We both, because I learned from them and they learned from me and we all grew. And so the mastermind groups are exactly that. It's a group of about eight to 10 people. They meet every week. Um, and they share their knowledge with one another. They usually, it usually revolves around sharing their wins and their struggles right up front. Everybody sort of shares what's going on in their lives so the rest of the people in the group uh, can understand what's going on with each member so they can help them if they need. But then the meeting, each meeting is typically dedicated to one member of the group and say, you know, if it's my week, this is what I need to talk about, right? This is what I'm struggling with. This is what I need some help with. Maybe I'm looking for resources or some connections with, with others' networks. Um, and the entire meeting, it's a 60-minute meeting, the entire meeting is focused on helping that one person, which is where the, the name mastermind comes from. It's yeah. it's everybody's mind. It's the, the all the minds of the group create this mastermind and helps the the one person in that group. And then the next week, it's somebody else. And then it goes goes all the way. Well, I
0: I love it, Mark, that it's just your passion comes through as you're speaking about it. And I I love that you kind of tore the, the, you know, the walls down between architects, I get that a lot of that out of your your podcast, as often as I listen to it, it's just so encouraging that you, you make a point to put, um, uh, you know, promote and to give people a platform. Yeah. Um, and and get to hear voices from you know uh, very diverse uh, voices, uh, people from different parts of the country, different backgrounds. Um, Architecture has trad- traditionally been a very male, white, white male dominated profession, um, and uh, I love that you give voices to to diverse viewpoints. I've really gotten a lot out of the podcast, and I just see that spirit in the podcast of. You know, empowering people, empowering each other. Um, that's what James and Kalen and I wanted when we started our company. We um, we didn't want it to, you know, the the quick story is, um, you know, my dad's company, he has his name and um, his dad had his name. And you look at architectural firms all over the country, and it's always like Smith, Wesley, and whatever, you know, it's his right. names. And I remember the day I talked to James and Kayla I said, what if we called ourselves Raynard? Like, what is that? And I said, it's just another word for a Fox, but it sounds like a name. And yeah. the reason I wanted to do that was just because I love Foxes, but mostly because uh, I, I wanted to get rid of that, um, that me kind of thinking and, and really be about us, you know, James and Kaylin and I are equal partners going into it. We have equal uh, contribution and very different gifts um, but when, but I got excited as I was listening to you because I love that about what we do is that it's collaborative and, and everybody's pitching in, everybody's bringing unique ideas and everybody's bringing their talent to the game. And that's fun. That's, that's really satisfying. So I, I love what you're doing, Mark. It's so, so cool.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, 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 I as you can tell, I'm passionate about uh, architects and what architects do in the world. Um, we literally change the world. And if we could be more financially successful, we can do that better. And so that's my mission: is to make every architect more financially successful, so we can be better architects, which then literally change the world in a very positive way.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, with all your blogs and podcasts and stuff like that, you deal out so much advice and such to, to young architects as well. What would what would you say would be your one piece of advice you could give? a new firm, someone
1: starting up. Yeah, I, I I, always, whenever anybody asks me this question, I, it's a very general answer. And the answer is to learn the fundamentals of business, understand how businesses work, understand the rules of the game. Business is a game, right? Mm-hmm. And there's rules to the game. And if you get good at those rules, you can win, right? And so yeah. understand financial management, understand what a balance sheet is, what a profit loss statement is, what a profit plan is, Plan for profit, right? Understand what you need to do in the next 12 months in order to be profitable at the end of the year. Don't wait until the end of the year to find out whether you are profitable or not, right? It's a profit plan. You gotta work your way planning for profit and then and then work your way, the, the system, to make sure you're earning enough money to continue to stay profitable. Checking that on a monthly basis. So financial management basics. Um, marketing basics, branding basics, understand what makes a good brand. I love that you named the firm Raynard. It is, It is um, not only it's going to uh, identify you as a very specific brand, but when you're ready to move on, right? When you're ready to transition out, right? When you're when you're 80 years old and you're like, all right, I'm done with this. I wanna do something else. You don't just close the door and walk away, which yeah. is what generations of architects have done. Yes. They just work until they can't work anymore and then they close the door. Mm-hmm. And, and all the value of that firm goes away, right? Their, their families don't benefit from that. The next generation doesn't benefit from that. So if you build a brand and then you build systems around that brand, and then you, you manage your cash flow in your business, that's what creates value in your architecture firm. Create a brand that can be, that can be uh, moved, you know, transferred to the next generation Systems are super important, right? It's not based on Jack and James. It's about the systems that Jack and James run.
0: Absolutely. That can
1: be transferred to the next generation. And then cash flow. Cash flow, if you have money coming in and you have money coming out and you can run a business successfully, you can sell that business, whether it's internally or whether it's externally. And you could transition out and not have to just close the door.
0: That's great advice though, actually. And uh, it it calls to mind some things that we're going to get sharper at in in 2022 but also some good affirmation for some things that uh make me grateful for why we have kaylin uh because she i i am not we would be running the business into the ground if i had the the <laughs> the sole responsibility <laughs> of the books not really but she's just phenomenal and i can't stop bragging about her um it's funny That's we not, is what yeah, we gonna say james
2: it was the one thing that i was talking about last night uh, my conversation was Having the three of us is great because Jack and I can talk about marketing. And at the end of the conversation, when I know I don't have any time to actually put energy into it, I can be like, all right, Jack, go for it. And like, right. Please.
0: Yeah, it's and, it's, he, and, it's and I don't have to design anything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and you know, that's that is the secret to success in architecture. I, I teamed up with um, Patrick McLamey, uh, the former CEO of HOK, uh, one of the largest, most successful architecture firms in the world and we did a podcast called uh, Build Smart, and and we we um, told the history of, of HOK. From the very, very beginning, he wrote a book called um, uh, Designing a World-Class Architecture Firm, and we based the podcast on that book, Designing a World-Class Architecture Firm. It's the Build uh, Build Smart podcast, or actually in development for season two. Uh, you can go to gablemedia.com and, and find it there, and all the other podcasts that we're doing there as well, g-a-b-l-media.com, mm-hmm. and um, and we tell the story of HOK, and that is the success. How, how HOK became successful, that there were three partners, each partner had their specific strength. There was a business partner, there was a design partner, and there was an operations partner. And, and they each focused on that part of the business, and then it, you know, it continued to grow, and, uh, and Patrick actually tells all the, the lessons that he learned throughout his 50 years of running, uh, he became CEO. He started as a drafts person in, wow. the, in, in the early 60s, I think, um, and worked his way up through the firm and became CEO. And then recently, he doesn't call it retiring. He said that it repurposed. <laughs> he he um, he, he uh, left the firm um, and is now writing books and doing podcasts and sharing his knowledge.
0: Very cool. That So that book is uh, Designing a World-Class Architecture Firm.
1: Yeah, Patrick McLamey is, is the author. Yep.
0: Yeah, we, we had, um, so I, I was just thinking about our story while you were talking because of your your answer to your advice on, on running the business well. Um, it was, gosh, was it two years ago, James? We were still, we, we had just finished running a half marathon together. So James and I ran uh, the Savannah half marathon and uh, oddly enough, we were able to talk <laughs> and bond for about two hours. And um, I, I just remember that was a big part of, of where we got to be today, was um, I found somebody in him that was a confidant, somebody I really trusted, somebody I could sweat literally with. Yeah. And um, later that next month, we had a company book exchange. So Kalen and James and I were all working uh, with my father's company, Baldwin Architectural Group. And uh, we thought it'd be a great idea to do a holiday book exchange. And Kaylin drew my name and she gave me an awesome book called Good to Great by Jim yep. Collins, which I'm sure great, you've read.
1: Great book. Yep.
0: Yeah. So we got to work on our hedgehog yep. really quickly. And um the ironic part is that the in the book he compares the fox and the hedgehog, and the fox is concerned <laughs> right. with many things, and the hedgehog is concerned with one thing. And so it was it really was though a deliberate practice. Like we, you know, when you were talking about finding your, your niche in the uh, New England area. Uh, we, I think we're still kind of doing that. We're still, f- but we've, we've narrowed it down to residential. We've narrowed it down to uh, custom homes, to uh, mostly if not all new construction. Um, but the more we we were able to start focusing on what we really wanted to be awesome at.
1: right? Um,
0: and then our economic driver, um, what's gonna be our flywheel. Uh, one of the things we really set out to do Um, there's so many architectural firms out there. Um, But the one thing I I heard a lot, especially in residential was people would say, well, I don't like working with architects because I don't like how, or I don't know how long it's going to take and I don't know how much it's going to cost. And I heard that on so many occasions and we would put our heads together trying to figure out how do we, how do we make it more predictive? How do we make it more, you know, how do we do better? How do we do that better? And I remember just thinking, you know, we, we may not be like the most innovative name recognized architectural firm, but what we can do is manage our projects better. We can communicate better. We can, we can work as a team better. We can make sure our clients feel listened to better and that we set expectations better. So that's what we got to work on using technology, uh, using things like Slack and project boards and just anything that's out there that, that actually makes us better at that. So, you know, I keep saying like, I want us to be like the Chick-fil-A. Yep. of of architectural firms where you, you you always got a line around the block but you get in and out so quickly right. because the team works so well
1: yeah um, systems
0: they built great systems ex- exactly and so um but yeah that book just really inspired us to to go out and start a business that could be better at that you know than um but it was it was inspiring so i'm, I'm always really grateful for those two events back in 2019 was running that half marathon with james and getting that book from Kaylin. They they both inspired me and i I uh, like where we're at so far.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a great great uh, great story. That book is a great book. It and, sure is. And systems that's the key to success of any business whether it's architecture or not. The mm. systems are what or you look at any successful business and that's because they've built great systems. And 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 specifically in architecture, you actually even said it, managing your client's expectation is the key mm-hmm. to success because even you know, managing your your client's expectation with with budget and schedule, design, all of that, you don't want to surprise your client, right? When you when you surprise a client, they get upset. Um, and what you want ultimately is a happy client because a happy client leads to other happy clients. Absolutely. And so, And managing expectations is how to do that.
0: So looking back on that, we're, you know, uh, closing out the year we're in December now. And 2020 and 2021 were obviously some unusual years. But I, I kind of look at the good in those those unexpected situations, and I just see how we've been able to adapt and learn some valuable lessons. You know, I try to. It's not always easy, but I try to look at, um, you know, when when these curveballs come along, we try to figure out how, to, how does it make us stronger. Um, so, Mark, what were some lessons? Maybe just thinking about this past year, twenty twenty one. Are there some good takeaways or some good lessons that you would want to share as you go into the the coming year?
1: I would say um, the thing that, that really happened most about uh, throughout the last couple of years at Andre Architect, specifically, um, it's always been about the community, right? It's always been about the community from the very beginning of that original blog. It's been about the community, but in 2020, when 2020, when the when the COVID pandemic hit, um, that in that in April, we actually started something in the Facebook group called Context and Clarity. And it wasn't called Context and Clarity at first, it was, it was just a weekly call, a daily call. And what, what Jeff Eccles, who's my, my peer there, uh, he actually now runs Context and Clarity for Entree Architect. Um, we committed to being in the Facebook group uh, every day for one hour during that first week because everybody was freaking out. If you remember that, that week, that week when everybody in the, in the world realized that COVID was something real and that it was going to change our world, right? Everybody was shutting down. All the rules were starting to happen. That happened in, in late March, early April of 2020. And, and our community needed help. And so we just committed to being there every day for an hour. Um, and it's happened since then every day for an, for an hour. Every weekday, uh, Jeff goes into the Facebook group and has a one hour, on uh, 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 Facebook Live call uh, called context and clarity. Yeah, I see his
0: tweets. I, I haven't join, joined one of those yet, but he's doing a good job of letting everybody know on Twitter. <laughs> yeah,
1: you should come and join us. It's a lot of fun. He goes yeah, thank you. He, he goes on, on Facebook and its camera is on him. And in the comments, people comment. He has a topic. He brings a topic to the group and the community shows up. And there's usually 40, 50 people show up. And they post their questions in the in or their questions and comments in the in the comments under the video, uh, and he reads them out, and he has this conversation every day with the community, um, and so it's happened for nineteen months now. Uh, he just recently uh, completed his 400th consecutive Context and Clarity call. Are you serious? Um, yeah, conversation. That's a marathon
0: right there, man. Yeah. That's awesome. And, we've, <laughs> and
1: now we've built an entire brand around it. Every Thursday afternoon at 4 p.m., uh, he invites an expert to come in, and we do a simulcast um, called Context and Clarity Live. And he he has Seth Godin on. He's had Mike McCallowitz on. Wow. He's had a whole group of people come on for an hour and he has a conversation with them and the community then asks questions to those people. And that simulcast outside of the Facebook group, the Facebook group is private, it's only for architects. There's 75, almost 7,500 architects in the Facebook group. The um, On Thursdays, we take it out of the Facebook group and we simulcast it on YouTube, uh, into the Facebook group, on LinkedIn, uh, Twitch, and now, Twitter as well. I think it's, it's simulcast all at the same time, goes out live mm-hmm. um, and he has that conversation. And then we've taken that content and we've created a podcast called the Context and Clarity Podcast. And now that, that's actually evolving. Originally it was a daily podcast where Jeff talked about what he was going to talk about. Um, now we replay the Thursday call and then we do a something called Context and Clarity Backstage where we bring two architects from the community and we talk about what we learned at the live call and so that goes out Monday and Tuesday of every week on the podcast. Uh, in 2022, we're changing the format again on the Context and Clarity uh, podcast, so watch for that. But the thing I learned in 2020, to answer your question, is that the community has galvanized, mm-hmm. right? That the community has has been growing and growing and growing. Like I said, there's 7,500 people in the Facebook group. We have several hundred people in the paid membership at Entree Architect, which is all training. Um, and. Uh, and the community is is not so dispersed anymore, right? That we are we are coming together, right? We know one another now, right? We are friends. We becoming we're becoming friends, um, and uh, and community is how we are going to continue to grow and thrive. Uh, in two thousand twenty two, we actually haven't even announced this yet, uh, but we're going to do a live conference. And oh so really? We're actually I'm actually mentioning this for the first time right now. Uh, News no one, flash. No one has any information on this yet. <laughs> okay. When um, you say
0: live, is this live in in person? Live attempts? in person,
1: live nice. in person conference in, in late 2022 is the plan. Awesome. Uh, it hasn't been finalized yet, so it, that's why it's not been announced. But well, but James,
0: we're gonna have to fly you in from Australia. So that's you know. going to
1: happen to do it. Yeah. it's it's going to be the uh, the Entree Architect annual meeting, and so we're gonna do it every year, and it's gonna be cool. a a um, a conference for small firm architects, which doesn't exist. Very cool. So we're going to take the community that now is thriving online and we're going to bring it together. And so we can all hang out and have fun and learn together and go on tours and drink together and <laughs> have a good time.
0: Well, I love drinking together and having a good time. So yeah. maybe we'll yeah. just have to come for the drinks. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, hopefully hey, you'll be there.
0: <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned that. Like uh, we actually started, became this, now we, we've rebranded it as by design. But um, when the pandemic started, we were totally focused on becoming a, a commercial architecture firm i remember having that conversation with my dad at the beginning of january 2020 um, and james and we hired people around going out for commercial jobs and that was going to be 100 of what we did senior living restaurants uh, anything commercial um and then every one of our opportunities dried up just we couldn't go meet we were told not to go shake hands we were told to stay indoors and so we really had to rethink our strategy, and one of the things we we did was we started doing webinars called "Ask an Architect," and uh, I was proud of that. Uh, James was a big part of that uh, because he made himself available just to answer questions. and And if I threw questions at him that he didn't know the answer to, he he worked hard to find the answers to them. But we were we were trying to reinvent something. We were we were trying to say like, if we got to stay indoors, what can we do that still adds value to to people? Uh, it eventually became the podcast, and now. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of shifting our focus um, less about education and uh, more about conversation now. But it is funny how, uh, you know, sometimes when unexpected things come your way, you, you've learned how to adapt and find some strength you didn't know you had or found, find some desires you didn't know you had.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I'm I i going to get a little spiritual right now, but I believe okay. I, I believe I'm on a path. Mm-hmm. I believe that God has put a, put me on a path. And, mm-hmm. and everything that's happened from this point forward um, is because that's the path that I'm supposed to be on. And, yeah. and all my job is, is to continue to move forward. And yeah. so when things happen, whether they're good or they're bad, they're part of the path. And so if I just keep moving forward in a positive way and I just encourage others to do the same thing, I keep moving in a very, in a very positive way for myself. I just keep growing, right? Things just keep happening. Entree Architect grew into what it is today because I just kept moving forward, right? And then Gable Media happened for the same reason. Gable Media happened because we launched Build Your Brand Podcast for Entree Architect. And through that, I hired Demetrius Lynch, who is now my partner at Gable Media, um, to create Build Your Brand Podcast with Jeff Eccles. And we realized that there was an opportunity for this network of podcasts for architects who already have platforms, but may not have podcasts. And so now we've created a network that we can say, okay, you're a leader in architecture, come and help. we'll help you build a podcast around the platform that you've built. And with the mission to, make, you know, to get, get the knowledge of architects and engineers and construction professionals out to the world, because like I said earlier, the more successful we all become, the more successful the world becomes. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, I just keep moving forward and, uh, and it's served me well.
0: I think so. And, and I think uh, it's, again, it's really inspiring to talk to somebody who's been there um, kind of where we were <laughs> or where we are. Uh, you've been there. And yeah. uh, every, every one of those stories just gives me, you know, sometimes it's some hope that we're doing the right thing. Uh, some affirmation. Sometimes it's a, an idea of something we haven't tried yet. So.
1: Yeah. I, I, I never imagined ever when I launched the architecture firm in 1999 Never in a million years did I imagine that I'd be doing what I'm doing today. Yeah. never I would have never predicted that that I would build a an online community and training you know a training platform and now a podcast network and a video network and a multimedia platform. I would have never imagined that, right? But all I did was I started, which is the most important thing, is to start. That's the hardest part is to start mm-hmm. uh, and then just keep looking for the opportunities and then move forward.
2: Yeah, that's, that's that's good advice.
1: That's for sure. Well, thank so you, you got so to... much.
2: Yeah, go yeah, ahead, you James. It, you it. You have you have so many different outlets for this sort of information. What what's the difference between Entree Architect and Gable Media?
1: Sure. Entree Architect is a training platform for architects. It's 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 the community, right? And so Entree yeah. Architect, I look at Entree Architect as, you know, there's there's the Entree Architect community, which I I look at as the entire um, population of small firm architects throughout the world. That's the Entre Architect community. Entrepreneur architects, I believe, are small firm architects who are starting businesses, running businesses, they're entrepreneurs, right? Um, and so entre- entrearchitect.com is a platform for that community to learn how to build better businesses. So we have a training, uh, you know, we have courses there, and we have the mastermind groups there, and resources there. Uh, and so that's Entrez Architect. Um, and actually, something that also has recently grown out of Entrez Architect is the Gable Tech Network, which Gable Technologies is the company that I started that now owns Entrez Architect. And Gable Tech Network is a network that we're bringing the community, the Entrez Architect community, which has no formal network, right? There's no formal place where we know who's in that network, right? Who, who are you? What do you do? How do you practice? Who do you serve? The Gable Tech Network is bringing the community together in a formal network that we can then uh, leverage to help those architects be more successful, maybe connect with one another, help help with one another, maybe production support, but also be able to connect with all the technologies that are being built today, all these different software platforms that could use architects in them to make them even better. So we can plug in the Entre Architect Tech Network as a, as a um, interface to those software and bring architects in our community to the software that's being developed. And so Gable Tech Network is a is a piece of that as well. Then uh, Gable Media, which is completely different from both of those two things, uh, Gable Media is actually a separate company that I own with Demetrius Lynch, uh, and that is a multimedia um, uh, ne- a multimedia company, a multimedia network that does currently it's all podcasts. We have 10 podcasts. Uh, we have two video channels that we represent. So uh, Eric Reinhold's 30 by 40 is part of the network and Show It Better is on the network as well, two, two YouTube channels. Uh, in the future, Gable Media will be continue to be podcasts. We will then grow our video side of it. And then we're also going to go back to, uh, to the written word because I think there's lots of uh, digital written word, uh, whether it's um, uh, books, you know, digital books uh, or even blogs in a new a new reinvented way. Um, and uh, so, and, and maybe even magazines in the future. I'd love to do an entree Architect magazine. It's sort of a long- That course, would be cool. Fashion, <laughs> something that I'd really love to do. And so uh, Gable Media is that media network that allows us to sort of explore different ways of, of bringing the message of architects and engineers and construction people to the world very cool. Love
2: going on. Fill you time up. <laughs> really yeah.
1: Certainly lots well, going on for sure.
0: Yes, and I, and I really again thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to spend with us today. Um it, it was just great for us and the hour went by so fast. <laughs> just a great conversation. So, uh James Knight and myself, Jack Baldwin, uh, we're the hosts of By Design. We're also two of the founders of Raynard Architectural Designs. Uh, Next time, we're hoping to have our third founder, Kaylin Kite, with us um, on the next. Maybe Mark will have you uh, back uh, sometime through 2022 and, uh, and, and talk a little bit more about some of these exciting things that are coming up so you can fill us in. Uh, but we, yeah, we, we dedicated this podcast to professional creativity, passion, and growth. And Mark, you, you got to share a lot about your passion and, and about your creative journey, um, getting you to where you are today. And it's inspiring to us. So again, thank you. Um, we're, just to, as we wrap up, uh, if anybody wants to connect with us at uh, Raynard Architectural Designs, uh, we have a Instagram uh, feed that's called Raynard Architect and we have a Twitter feed, Designs Reynard. It's at Designs Rainard. And that's really most of our presence right now is on those two social channels. We've got some Pinterest and Facebook and all of that, but we really try to keep people updated through our website and, and those two channels. Um, Mark, how can people connect with you? What are your, some of your favorite ways for people to stay in touch with, with what you're uh, doing day to day?
1: Sure. You can learn everything that we're doing at entrearchitect.com, okay. uh, which is E-N-T-R-E. That's entrepreneur architect, entrearchitect.com. Um, and if you're an architect and you're interested in, in joining the network right now, it's an interest list. It's uh, entrearchitect.com slash gtn4a. So Gable Tech Network for Architects, but the number four, gtn4a, entrearchitect.com slash gtn4a uh, is the list to get, get get on the list, say, hey, I'm interested in this network, whatever this thing becomes. Uh, and then we'll share more inf- information from there. And so,
0: yeah, and we'll make sure everything is in the show notes too. So anybody listening who uh, doesn't have a pen handy when you're sharing those uh, info- that information, we'll make sure that's in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, we, uh, we would encourage anybody who's listening to um, check out what you're doing. And at the very least, listen to a very fantastic podcast called uh, Entree Architect. You guys do that fairly frequently. You update almost weekly at least, right?
1: For the past year and a half, we've been bi-weekly, twice a week, and uh, in January we're going back to weekly. It's been weekly great. since 2000. Well, actually, the first year was monthly, and then realized the monthly isn't enough. Yeah. Uh, from the second year on, we went uh, weekly, and it's been weekly ever since. So we have 430 something episodes,
0: <laughs> and all of them are, are great. Um, really, you. really, really enthusiastic to have you on. So well, thank you so much. Uh, This has been By Design. Uh, James, thanks for joining me from Australia. Mark from Charlotte, North Carolina. Thanks for having me. Yes.